Hi everyone, thank you for listening to Grand Valley Podcast number two. My name is Kevin Bailey, I'm the captain for Grand Valley. Austin Wally. Aaron Terenzi. Uh, we're just going to be going over the games that have happened so far in the second semester and then previewing the tournaments to come uh, before nationals. Uh, to, so to start out with, we're going to do the Chicago Dodgeball Open. We're going to go over the games there and uh, what's our take on each of those games. All right, so our first game was against uh, MSU. Yeah, MSU, which we didn't really know what to expect for them because they went – what they go in the first semester? I think they only had like three wins total. So they were like three and eight or something like that. So we didn't really we didn't really take them lightly, but we didn't know what to expect. But they really surprised us. They came out and kind of startled us at first. They have a lot of freshmen on the team, so they're a lot different from last year's uh, running you know runner up national championship team. But uh, they the freshmen you know. Played pretty well, surprisingly. Yeah, I, I was impressed by them, at least. Seemed like they had some talented new players on their team. That definitely will help them. Uh, the one kid, he was a freshman. I think he was wearing jersey number 55. Uh, the shorter guy. Yeah, he told me he was a freshman afterwards. He's definitely one of the best freshmen we've seen this season. So he was he was one of their better players already, even though it's his first, first season with the team. But... Uh, our next game was against James Madison. We we won that one too. It was a three to one score. Uh, that was another exciting matchup between us and James Madison, as always. Yeah, they didn't really uh, use the wall as much as we thought they were going to. So that was a little interesting. They got the they got one point on on us at the beginning, and then Kevin decided he was going to just survive for about seven minutes by himself, so we, they didn't get the second point that they wanted to in the first half. So that really saved us. But then in, in the second half, we just went off and got the W. Yeah, it definitely changed the momentum of the game. So in, in the second half, we got three straight points, and they didn't really they didn't really come out as strong in the second half. But, I mean, every time we play JMU, they came out with a lot of intensity, and they start really fast on us. Yeah, even though we went into halftime down, we felt as if we were up after that yeah. point. So, yep. Uh, and then our last game of the day was against DePaul. Uh, we won that one three to zero. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a game against DePaul. Maybe. You never know what to expect when you play DePaul, but you could tell that they had a couple of players that were pretty talented. And I don't know. I think I think they'll be a better team than last year when they're at nationals. Yeah, that was, the three zero was a score at halftime. After halftime, we just kind of split up and had fun. So it wasn't it wasn't like the definite score, even though we did struggle on our first couple points. We just kind of came out flat. Yeah, it was my first time playing DePaul, and uh, now I see kind of how they play the the game of dodgeball a little bit. They had some decent girls. They they uh they actually caught three of our players straight up. It was in the first point. Yeah, yeah. So. Don't take them lightly if there's any girls on the court. Yeah, they had some good players on their team. Uh, the other marquee game from the Chicago Dodgeball Open was when JMU played against MSU. Uh, JMU won that two to one. That was I think that was the last game of the day for both of them. But I didn't I didn't really get to see that game. But uh, JMU got the win, and that's a, that's an impressive win because MSU was national runner up last year, and they're going to be a good team again this year. Yeah, so. it was a. I I saw like parts of it. It was really close. There's, I think it was when JMU went up two one. It was tied one one, 
and Michigan State had a chance if they got a catch to swing the momentum three to two, MSU, and they dropped the catch, and then that was pretty much the the game after that. Yep. All right. So moving on, the next tournament was the Kentucky invite. Obviously, we didn't get to see that one, and we don't really know that much about what happened, but. Uh, Kent State won all of their games at that. They beat Kentucky 2-1. to one. That was probably the most important game of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, that doesn't say that Kentucky's a bad team this year compared to last year, they, even though they haven't had like that many wins. It just, to me, it, it more of it says that Kent State's, they're, they're one, one, of the the, one of the best teams in the league. And they, they showed that by beating Kentucky. What other games have played there, uh, the teams in that were Kent State, Kentucky, uh, Western Kentucky, and DePaul. So Western Kentucky beat DePaul. Uh, Kentucky beat Western Kentucky three to two. That was probably a close game. Kent State beat DePaul three to zero. Kentucky beat DePaul, and then Kent State beat Western Kentucky four to one. So that I think that was the first games for Western Kentucky since since the Miami invite or the Red Hawk invite that was in November. So. Mm-hmm. They might have come out flat. I don't know. Uh, the next uh, games were Saginaw against Central Michigan. They actually did a doubleheader. And then the day after that, we did a doubleheader with MSU, so we can talk about those next. Um, yeah, I guess the CMU-Saginaw game, it was supposed to be a round-robin tournament. It was supposed to be the CMU invite. There's, I think Wisconsin-Flatville was supposed to go. Yeah, they just couldn't. They could, teams, the CMU weather heights. made it so that way they couldn't go. So they just decided to do a doubleheader, which I think is that the first time a doubleheader's been done in college basketball. I don't know. It's as far as I know. Yeah, there, that was the first which, doubleheader. I mean, a doubleheader's not a bad idea. We did it the next day against Michigan State. It's if both teams are up for it. I mean, why not? You get two games when you could have just played one. You're already there. You might as well play. As, Get as many games. games as you can. Yeah, even if even if your team loses both games, which is what happened for Central and MSU, it still gave them a lot of experience, mm-hmm. especially when you're going up well, a team like Saginaw like, or, or us. Especially when they're going to change, if they're actually going to change the rankings, the RPI system, playing against good teams twice in a row is going to look better for you than if you play two teams in a row that was have, don't even have a win yet in the league. Absolutely. So it's still benefiting them in the standings. Mm-hmm. Well, the game that we had against MSU was uh, they didn't travel with their whole varsity roster. I think they said they had six JV players. Yep, they were missing six. But well, they still came out uh, you know, looking to get a W against us. Um, they played well, a lot kind of like the Chicago Dodgeball Open. Um, yeah, we beat, we beat them 5-0 in the first game. The second game, it was actually 3-1. to one. We, were, we were winning 2-0, and then they got a point on us. And, and then they came out pretty strong the next point. And if they would have got that one, they could have sent it to overtime. But we ended up eliminating them right before the time expired. So we got a 3-1 win. Yeah, I was really surprised that it came out as good as they did when they were missing six of their starting players. So we'll see what happens when they have a full roster at the MDC. Yep. All right, and then the last games that have happened so far, the Ohio Dodgeball Cup. Uh Kent State, once again, they go undefeated. They beat Ohio State and Western Kentucky. Um, and then Ohio State beat Western Kentucky 4-0. to So those were the games there. Bowling Green en- ended up not being able to show up. So I think every team got a, a win from that because Bowling Green had to forfeit 
because they didn't show up that day. Yeah, hopefully that was the, you know, just maybe weather caused that or something. Hopefully yeah, they didn't I don't know. Not get funding or something. All right, so now we're going to preview the games to come, what we know of. the There's the MDC, which is always one of the best tournaments, and then uh, the Beast, which is hosted by James Madison, which I think there's going to be like eight teams there at least. So that'll be an exciting tournament too. Two of the more important tournaments in the second semester before nationals. Mm -hmm. um, you talked to Van Ehrman. How do they do in the fourth? Yeah, so I talked to uh, Michigan State's captain, Mike Van Ehrman. Uh, the pools aren't set in stone right now, so we don't really know what the schedule is. But it's looking like there's going to be two pools. And from there, it's going to give you a seed for uh, you know the one seed, two seed, three seed, and then the top two teams will play for the championship after that, but none of the none of the schedule is really set in stone yet. So what do you guys think? Would you rank the teams right now just based on who you think is best, not not knowing the schedule or anything like that? I think coming out of Michigan, us one, Saginaw two, Michigan State three, and Central four, and then Siena five, Davenport six. Do we know yet for sure if uh, Siena and Davenport are going to go? I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm guessing they're both going to be I, able to come to well, this. They haven't been able to go anything else this semester. Siena said they were going to the past two tournaments, and they haven't been able to get enough people. So I don't know. Hopefully they can make it to the MDC. That I think that'd be, be good there. to get an extra game for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Same with Davenport. Davenport hasn't really played any other games, but the other game that they played was against us, right? That's the only other game. Yeah. I agree with you. I also think it's Grand Valley number one, Saginaw number two, MSU number three, Central four, Siena Heights five. Uh, I don't know what the schedule is going to look like, but MSU hasn't had the best season so far. I still think that they'll be able to beat Central if they're playing mm -hmm. the way that they played against us and that the last couple times they played us. Nothing against Central. I just think MSU has a deeper team like top to bottom then Central does. I wouldn't be surprised if MSU pulls out, a, if they're in the same pool, if MSU pulls out a win against uh, Saginaw. Mm -hmm. well, they, yeah, that's the, that's the biggest thing. We don't know the pools yet, so depending on what the pools are, there could be some surprises mm -hmm. in the pools. But I do like the way that it's set up, how we'll be able to get a lot of games in that day and uh, play a lot of teams. For example, if like CMU and MSU get put in the same pool, I could, if CMU has their day, I think they could beat MSU and be the the one seed out of that pool. Yeah. So there could be a possibility it's a CMU Grand Valley final. Yeah. If I, if we're paired up with Saginaw and Saginaw, they can't win the pool. Yeah, I know that them. right now. Uh, Van Erman, he's been talking to me. He said it's probably going to be Saginaw in one pool and Grand Valley in the other. Where the, I mean, we're the clear top mm -hmm. two seeds in the Michigan region, and then from there. I think we're going to be in the same as uh, Central Michigan and Siena Heights, so that, that would put Saginaw, MSU, and Davenport in the same in the same group. But yeah, one yeah. thing we should say about Davenport, we played them late in the first semester. They definitely have improved a lot from the first time we saw them. Yeah, they they're definitely they don't have enough experience yet, but they they're top four or five guys well, they also, are they, pretty talented players. They got more players, too. They only came to our tournament with 10 players. They had, I think, they had 20, didn't they? Yeah, they had when we some went reserves. To airport, yeah, they had a full team. So they've, they've been getting interest, and they've been getting players that come play and stay, so yeah. that's good. It, 
it hurts that they have to play Michigan Dodgeball Cup, you know, the, the toughest region in the country for, for dodgeball, but it'll give them experience yeah. going forward to nationals and all that. I don't see them winning a game, but that'll help them. Same with CNI. I mean, they're clearly not at the caliber of Michigan State or Central or Saginaw or Grand Valley, but still that, that'll help them a lot playing playing in the Michigan Dodgeball Cup against mm-hmm. those teams. If it is set up how you said where us and Saginaw will be in separate pools, I'm, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll probably be the favorites to meet each other in the finals. Yeah, if everything goes as planned, it would be Grand Valley against Saginaw in the finals. Yeah. So. All right, so we're going to go to the next tournament, uh, the Beast at James Madison. We're actually going to that now. We're only going to be able to bring our top 15 players, but excited excited to go to that. We didn't get to go the last couple of years, but we heard it was a really good tournament. And we'll be able to play a lot of East Coast teams that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking forward except to. For at, except for at Nationals. That's the only time mm-hmm. we've seen, like, Towson or uh, We've only Penn seen State. A, never, I don't think Grand Valley hasn't played a single what, East Coast team besides Jamie, have they? I don't think we've ever played um, yeah, Maryland, BCU, or Towson, or Penn State. Yeah, we've only played James Madison. We've just played them five times. We so haven't played any other, be fun. any other East Coast team. Anytime you get to play against those teams, you know, it's always fun, at least, hopefully. And I know I know that Towson, they, I was talking to one of their players, and they want to play Grand Valley just to see where they stack up against, some, against the best team in the league. You know, they play against... I don't think they played a, a game against a team that's not in the East Coast yet this season, so they want to see where they stack up. Mm-hmm. And they'll they'll have the opportunity to do that with uh, teams like Grand Valley and Kent State going to the Beast. So I'm not sure exactly what teams are going to be there. but Do you know how it's going to be set, set up? I think each team gets four games probably. So we'll, we'll definitely get the opportunity to play some teams that we haven't played ever mm-hmm. before. And then it's just based on that you play whatever like teams pick each other to play they play or something like that. Yeah. Um, they asked us. They actually asked us which teams we want to play. So I I like ranked ranked what teams we wanted to play the most. Sorry about that noise. Uh, so I I just put down a bunch of East Coast teams because we we want to play some new competition. I know we played Kent State a couple times this year and James Madison already, but other than that. It'd be cool to play against like Towson and Maryland. I know that those are the other two teams from the East Coast that are doing well yeah. so far this year. And One then, other chance we get to possibly play them is if we get matched up in nationals. Yeah, which nationals. doesn't happen very often. Yeah, you never know what the pools are going to be for that. Three of the top five teams are going to, well, in my opinion, top five teams are going to be there with us, Kent and uh, JMU. So I mean, yeah, anytime you get those teams in the same building, it's going to be. Yeah, I know last year it was uh, James Madison, there was Saginaw, and then I think Kent State was there too. So it was a really good tournament last year as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hear that James Madison has a pretty good crowd, so that'll be fun. It's always fun to play against a big crowd. Um, next, let's just talk about who we think are the top five teams in the league right now. Okay. I'll go first. I think it's uh, number one, Grand Valley, number two, Kent, or number two James Madison, sorry. Uh, number three, Saginaw Valley. Uh, and then four and five is pretty close, but I'd say number four, Kent State. Number five, MSU. Even though MSU, what's their record right now? Like four and nine? Yeah. But they're a lot better. They're now. definitely going to be a team, a pretty good team by the end of the year, by nationals. Just like last year, they were, they were runner-up. 
I mean, they lost several of their key players, but they've got a lot of newcomers that are really good. Awesome. What about you? I have pretty much the same as you. Us first, JMU second, Saginaw third, Kent State fourth, and Michigan State fifth. But it's really close between Kent State and MSU, I think. If MSU has their full roster, I think they could give Kent State a run for their money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like we all have the t- same five teams in our top five. But, uh, yeah, I have Grand Valley one. Um, I actually put, this is bold, I put Saginaw second. Um, okay. Even though we play, I mean, we played JMU. We have been playing JMU pretty often recently. Um, but Saginaw, I don't know. They they took a point from them with less than, uh, with less than you know. Like were, 12 players yeah. there, but. Yeah, and then also when we play Saginaw, they always play us really tough. So, I don't. Know, I guess our view of Saginaw is that that they're a really hard team to beat because every time we play them, it's a close game. Mm-hmm. But uh, then three, uh, you know, JMU after them, uh, then four Kent and five MSU, uh, four and five being close. Like mm-hmm. like Austin said about uh, MSU having a full roster, they're tough to beat. Also, I think, I mean, I guess I kind of could agree with you about Saginaw. I didn't really think about we play. I think we played JMU more than we played Saginaw last year, haven't we? Which is surprising. Yeah, which is so we. I think we, we played we, them both twice. We see like JMU a little higher on the scale than Saginaw because we haven't played them recently. So we, had, I think the last time we played Saginaw was at the beat or at at the at the Red Hawk invite, which so was, was in November, a few months ago. And yeah. we played JMU just a couple weeks ago. So I think if we play Saginaw at the NBC, we'll be able to actually gauge what we think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, what would you guys say would be a matchup you want to see most sometime the rest of the season, not not including Grand Valley, a matchup between two teams not named Grand Valley? What um, would you say? I would say I want to see JMU-Saginaw. Yeah, that's a pretty easy choice. I mean, they played earlier this year, but Saginaw didn't have their full roster. If that's a matchup at Nationals or something, that would be a really exciting game. That could be like... That could be a pre uh, a final four game maybe mm-hmm. between those two. Aaron, what about you? Um, I would like to see either Kent play MSU or uh, or Saginaw, one of the two, because I feel like either of those games would be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, you could also, I guess, th- I I do want to see some more from Ohio State though, even though I mean we haven't seen them in a little while still, but Ohio State when they played us, I was really impressed. So. I'd like to see mm-hmm. them play uh, either an MSU or... Uh, they seemed a lot better than they were last year, and they almost made the Final Four last year, so... Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, they're a little bit under the radar right now because their record isn't the best, but they could make a run at Nationals. They could be a Final Four team, mm-hmm. depending on depending on who they play in the first couple rounds. All right, here's mine. Mine isn't necessarily the best teams, but I want to see Kent State play Towson. Or a, a team like Towson or Maryland, I don't know where those where a Big East team like that stacks up against a team like Kent State. I I know Towson. They've played only East Coast teams so far this year. They're six and three. All three of their losses are to James Madison. So you don't really know how good they are. They win every other game they play, except for when they play JMU. True. They might be they might be a better team than we think they are. And then Kent State. They're I think they have thirteen wins this year so far, but. It'd be interesting to see how they how they go up against an East Coast team. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we have another player of our team, Kyle Peltier. He's the one that's been designing the officiating amp for the league. 
and he's just gonna explain what it's about and how it's gonna work. All right, so uh, for those of you who don't know anything about it, um, we just started uh, thinking about creating an officiating app probably um, uh, probably four months ago, and I actually started using that idea for one of my classes at Grand Valley for um, graphic design and stuff like that. Um, so I've kind of piggybacked off that and going into this new semester started actually developing. Um, so, so far it's looking good. Um, what this app is supposed to be is uh, an officiating app for referees uh, for all dodgeball games and stuff like that. Um, we're hoping to get this in the hands of head referees as well as shot clock referees. Um, and then possibly in the future do kind of like a hybrid um, where somebody can control everything, the game timer and shot clocks for purposes such as practices and stuff like that. Um, but so far uh, the app is looking pretty good at what it could bring to the table. Um, uh, one of the biggest things it can do is sync up the shot clocks between teams. I know that is a very big uh, discrepancy between games or counter or shot clock counters not counting at the same pace or you know when to when to call the violation of shot clock and stuff like that so uh, to have it automated and uh, so the head ref can see it and the shot clock timer uh, referees can see it um, this could be almost revolutionary for the league so like how would that work when, like when the shot clock goes off like a sound would go off on the phone or something yeah we would have uh, an audible sound or um, you know, like a vibrate setting vibration or something. So that way something. They, the ref would know and be able to just stop instead of like how some refs they count and then like they stop right, and they're right. like, oh, okay, now it's falls over. Also, if you have a, if you have, let's say a loud buzzer on the end of a shot clock, um, you can hear mm -hmm. the shot clock and know exactly when it's violated as somebody's throwing a ball. So you can tell if they violated the shot clock by say, throwing the ball um, just after the noise or right on the noise right before it or whatnot. It kind of gives you a better gauge mm -hmm. of the violation. Mm -hmm. And again, it's still going to be up to the head referee. Um, I do know that the current discretion on the shot clock violation yeah. is up in the air on the NCDA, but um, hopefully this will help a little bit with uh, determining violations. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Uh, Another thing you can bring to the table is uh, statistics. I know Ziggy writes down a lot of stuff during games, um, tries to keep a lot of records of uh, points and shot clock violations, all that stuff. Um, hopefully this app can actually bring all of that together and make it uh, automated and much easier. Um, you can have an entire game history between like how many catches were made during the game, um, how many shot clock violations by a team, timeouts used, uh, players on the court mm -hmm. by the end of a point, like stuff like that. All these things can be automated, and I don't know, it could really change um, the back end, the statistics and stuff that we have on the forum or on the NCDA website, all the, uh, all the stuff about games. So that's a, that's a plus there. And then also another thing that people are really excited about is having a rule book um, right there on the, on the spot during the game. They can pull up, bring up, look at the rules. Um, so that's going into this app too. Um, so far, uh, it's going pretty well. 
Uh, I've started development in uh, probably the first week of January, so not even a month yet, and I'd say it's going pretty well. I've got uh, the shot clock stuff going. I got the game timers going. Um, the ultimate goal is to have, you know, like I said before, this app in the hands of the head referee, and the, and in the shot clock referees, and possibly some others. But uh, the biggest thing is bringing them all together. So we would have um, the clocks all synced. So say the shot clock referee, um, you know, he hits reset uh, to reset the clock and. Um, you know, the, the head ref will see that on his own time. And then if there's a violation, it'll show up on the head referee's phone. And, you know, they can kind of gauge everything together. Um, so that's the ultimate goal. Uh, right now it's not there, but um, it's definitely getting there. Um, like I said, it's only been one month of development, not even one month. So Jardine, no, it's not ready for, for download. You've got to wait. you got to wait a while. Do you have like a... An idea of when it could possibly be available. Uh, I'm hoping to have a working prototype by Nationals. So um, at least we can try it out then. Yeah, we can try it out. Games, I wouldn't. Try it out. I wouldn't say use it as the base uh, scorekeeping and game count timers and all that stuff for Nationals, but I think it would be great to kind of test out during pool play. Um, yeah. Yeah. Find first uh, day of Nationals. Yeah, first day. Test it out. Find bugs. Mm -hmm. I know. As one developer, you know, you're going to run into a lot of stuff, different phones, different different everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I'm hoping to have a working prototype by Nationals. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And, uh, of course, I'll keep you updated on it. Again, this is for Android, so if you don't have an Android phone, you're out of luck. <laughs> and for all of you iPhone users out there, you're just going to have to go find yourself a different programmer because <laughs> I refuse to do that. <laughs> Uh, but I guess um, uh, if, uh, if anybody out there who's listening uh, wants in on the development track, um, I am looking for graphic art. Um, I'm not an artist, so everything that I make isn't all that pretty, but it's getting the job done so far. Um, but if you think you have a good, good hand in graphic design, I need, you know, like images, backgrounds. Uh, stuff like that for the application that we can use, even just pictures from games, uh, maybe something that could be used as a background, or um, I don't know, what have you. Uh, I'm not skilled in that area, and so if somebody else who is knows where it should go or what it should do, um, that would be cool. So that's open on the table. Um, yeah, that's that's about the that's about it. That's the officiating app in a nutshell. It'll be it'll be pretty cool when it's a finished product, definitely. Yeah, it'll definitely make yeah. the shot clock a little more uh, official instead of just personal counting. Yeah. Everybody counts a little differently, and it's and, yeah. And to go along with that, all the all the statistics that you were talking about—that's something that as as the league grows and becomes more competitive and all that—that's something that needs to happen. Stats. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I don't know where everyone sees this league in 10, 15 years, but if it's going to become more of a legitimate college dodgeball league, it's gonna we're gonna need statistics like that. So that'll definitely help, also. Yeah. And that's a good good step, I guess, for for the league. Yeah. If, to have something like this. If uh, someone is you know is willing to help you with graphic design, how uh, how will they contact you? If you um, if you have a I I have my email. I believe is up on the 
NCDA webpage for uh, staff. And, and the forum. I'm also on the forum. Yeah, you can contact me there. Okay. Um, Ziggy knows how to get to get a hold of me. Um, or on Facebook and all that jazz. Um, uh, but going on another another thing about the statistics is um, if if say this gets uh, into development and say version two comes out, um, we were thinking about having something where if there's a discrepancy during a call during a game, um, we can record what what happened, what the discrepancy was, and then what the uh, ruling was by an official so that we can bring up that example later on if it ever was to occur again. Uh -huh. To be consistent okay. throughout. Yep. Uh, just another or idea. Or like something like how we just had a rule change about the trap and whatnot. Yeah. Or like catching, you can have one ball in one hand and another another. That could be like, like last year they... If the app was out, they could have put that down and been like, yeah, we had a problem with this. Some rule. issue like that. And then they could bring that up at nationals, and it's all right there in, in yep. the app. Yeah, even even just to bring up logs during uh, the captain's meeting. You know, I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. Whatever it is that it could be used for. It could, it could just be another useful feature. Um, Definitely. But yeah, is there any other, any other questions you guys about it? Uh, while I'm here, I could answer anything if I miss something. <laughs> Oh, I can't really think of anything else, but it's definitely, it's exciting. Yeah. That'll help uh, as the league grows. It'll be something that'll definitely help a lot with officiating and everything. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Uh, thanks for coming and talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for uh, bringing me on. Yeah, no problem. All right, so we don't really have any other games to talk about. Uh, but it is Super Bowl Sunday when we're recording this. So the game hasn't happened yet, but by the time this is out, the game's going to be over. So... Mm -hmm. We're going to give our Super Bowl predictions. Okay. Starting with Kevin. Shoot. All right. Well, I'm going to pick the Seahawks to win this one. I'll say Seahawks 25, Broncos 21. All right. I'm also going with the Seahawks. I'm going to go uh, Seahawks 21 and then Broncos 17. I'm also going with the Seahawks. Oh, great. <laughs> but I have, like, reason. I'm not, like, a bandwagon fan. I, a person that went to my high school came or that went to my high school uh plays for the Seahawks. He's a backup tight end, Kellen Davis. So Well aren't I've, you special? Well I've ties to the Seahawks. Hey, that's so I, cool. So I'm not bandwagoning like you. You All right. All right. but I'm gonna say thirty five twenty eight Seahawks. High scoring game. Alright. That works. All right, anyway, that's all we have for you guys this time. Uh Grand Valley Podcast number two. Uh it's been an exciting season of dodgeball so far, definitely. Definitely a lot, lot of exciting dodgeball to come too, with a couple big tournaments yeah. coming up, and then before nationals. And then, what do you think we'll probably do another podcast after the Beast? Yeah, definitely, we'll do another podcast either Recap. after the MDC or after the Beast, going over those games. Probably after the Beast. Beast is so, a week after the MDC. Yeah, yeah, two straight weeks of dodgeball for us. That's gonna be tough. Yeah, like eight, eight games in two weekends, but I like it. Hopefully, our arms don't fall off before nationals. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys all for listening. Once again, my name is Kevin Bailey. I'm the captain for Grand Valley. Austin Morley and Aaron Trenzi. Thanks for listening to Average Joe's podcast. Be sure to check out more episodes of Average Joe's on iTunes or our website, ncdadodgeball.com. Until next time, just remember the five D's of dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge.
Bye-bye.